Everybody, my guest on the show today is Aris Toker, co-founder and CEO of Peace of Mind. He's a dad of a young child. He's a husband, and he's a soccer. I don't know if crazy is the word. We talked a little bit about this. <laughs> we'll find probably. out more. And Mike, this might come up. But Aris, so good to have you here today. Uh, everybody listening, I met Aris through a mutual friend and podcast guest. And when I heard about him, I said, I got to have this person on my podcast. I am so excited we're here today. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, and I'm a crazy soccer fan. Yes. <laughs> crazy soccer fan. What's your team? Originally, the one I grew up in uh, is a Galatasaray. It's a big team from Istanbul, but I'm yep. also a big, big, big Liverpool fan. Okay. So for all the Premier League lovers, yes. shout out to Liverpool. There it is. Yeah. So as you can hear, you're not American. I'm not. So you're Turkish and now living yes. in America. So where are you? You're not in Turkey. I know where you're coming in. Where are you coming in today from? I live in San Francisco. Well, actually near San Francisco in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. a little bit north of it. Um, yeah, I grew up in Turkey, in Istanbul, a crazy town of 18 million people, which I recently visited. It became even more crowded. Uh, but yeah, I moved to America when I was 18 for college. It was supposed to be a four-year deal. Uh, here we are 20 plus years later. 20 Still plus here. years. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. We're going to get right into it. We got a lot to talk about today. So what's um, kick us off here today? What's something you nerd out about besides soccer? You know, good question. I think lately, or even you know, when I was younger too, I was really curious, and I still am, about uh, philosophy and kind of more mm-hmm. in the sense of meaning of life kind of thing. It was always something fascinating for me because clearly there's no uh, clear answer about what the meaning is. But at the same time, you know, kind of just hearing from different perspectives, and uh, I read on my own because like curious how, how people perceive it and what motivates people to live a more fulfilling life and that's something that is super interesting to me. And, uh, and yeah, not because I'm practicing a mm-hmm. really fulfilled life necessarily, but I'm, I'm aiming at it at least. That's a good one. But yeah. also it's a really, uh, it makes you think. And that part is also good on my own. I was just like ponder around uh, in my backyard. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. What's the really meaning here? Why are we here? So it's all, it's all kind of fun for me. I know you've listened to a little bit of the show or maybe quite a bit of it. You know that what comes next is I'm going to challenge this and I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. I'm going to ask you, and I'm, and I'm willing to share mine too. Like what, what have you for you specifically? Cause well, I'll give you my opinion here. I believe the meaning of life is unique to each of us for you specifically, what do you see as a meaning of life? And I'm not asking for like the gospel or the the truth, but like, what have you, from somebody who's studied this, what have you come to realize about your yourself? I think the meaning of it, in my opinion, is in the short period of time, and I call it short, even though you may live whatever, 80, hopefully uh, more, how much of a dent can you really make by leaving this place a tad bit better than you you took it with or you started mm. with. So I think at the end, you know, there are, I read something about there's billion people, uh, sorry, 
100 billion people actually lived on diet. So ever since the- 100 billion, yeah. 100 billion is the number. So if you look at all the people, not obviously currently, but in the past, like there has been so many lives coming in and out. What did these people leave? And who are that like, you know, let's call it the engine of people that, you know, moved us. Uh, So, and how much of a dent did they make? And I think more fulfilling life or some kind of, somewhat of an interesting life will be to, to be able to say, hey, listen, like it was somewhat of a, in my own world, it doesn't have to be this revolutionary thing. It could be just, you know, raising a kid, that kid became more, uh, you know, in tune with their society, neighborhood, and somehow like aware that could be fulfilling right there. So that's what it is. It doesn't have to be this crazy, um, yeah. uh, grandiose idea or, or a fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I heard you share <clears throat> that landed for me um, when you first answered this was, sounds like also for you, the meaning of life is the journey through life. Because you mentioned like the exploration, the 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 inquiry of it. Yeah, I think well. it stems from, Jason, like, uh, and I wasn't self-aware before I got, I went through the sickness, which is nothing to kind of talk about uh, primarily here, but it actually did change my life. Before that, I was more of a, yes, an immigrant in this country, try to make money, try to Wall Street, here's a ladder I want to climb. It all seemed like the right path, but it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted. It was more about what, you know, opportunities in front of me or the people that told me about that will be good life. Um, and then going through a physical kind of, uh, you know, painful uh you know, 10 years where I had the surgeries and things like that, you realize that, you know, meaning of life or things that will make you happy is definitely not something specifically about dollar amounts or the earnings, but in, in little things. And in that journey is the, is the happiness, right? So that's the, even in the painful times, you find little glimpses of happiness. So I think I realized, you're right. I think it's more of a journey of the whole thing. And it's mm. not like ending or here, you know, I hit it, I got it, I got the meaning. And that that part is actually uh, landed on me. And I want to live a life that doesn't doesn't let me forget about that part uh, mm-hmm. and never take anything for granted as well. So, uh, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Eris, what's, what's something that's inside your comfort zone, inside of your comfort zone that you know other people either will not do or they're very uncomfortable doing? I would probably think uh, meeting people is something that I really enjoy. It's a, it's like a, <laughs> um, I heard people, some people get nervous and obviously I'm like, what are they going to say? How are you going to break the conversation? I love it. The reason is I'm, I got really curious. How does this person perceive life? What are their narratives? And what, like, my mind goes to these things, even if I'm just getting their name down. I usually forget their name because of these reasons. I got really curious <laughs> the way they, they look. I already have my own perceptions. I'm like, okay, let's not have a perception. So it's a, a fun little game. And I would initiate, like, I would, meaning if even random person, like, I work in a co working space and uh, somewhere in the kitchen, let's say, I just saw somebody say hi, maybe initiate, like, just more than a hello, right? So, like, I think it's a little bit more curiosity, to be honest. Uh, yeah. And I do enjoy it because I'm like, you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And I think it's an opportunity without being obviously creepy and, like, talking to every single person. But it's more, <laughs> if, if an opportunity comes, I'll take it and I'll be the first person to kind of initiate. So I think that's a little bit 
in a uncomfortable place for some people. That's what I'm, that is, yeah. that is more comfortable. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm thinking back to the first time we met and I'm like, Oh, this is going, this is a really easy conversation because this is where in my comfort zone too, I've shared this and you know, people yeah. ask me questions on my, on the show and it's why I do the show. Cause sometimes I interview guests and I've never looked at them or spoken to them until about one minute before you press record, totally in my comfort zone. And then I have other people in my sphere that they're not interested, right? They need to know <laughs> like, who is a Saras person? What are they up to? What's in it for me? Why would I spend the half hour? And I'm, I think you and I, like we hit it off right away. I'm just like, this is great. Like, let's get curious about each other. So yeah, totally. So now I'm, I'm really, now I'm, I feel like we're on a, like a matchmaking game to see <laughs> if we have the same thing that's out of our comfort zone. So what's the other side of the coin for that for you? What's something that you just, you're not comfortable doing and you know, other people are really comfortable doing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's first thing that comes to my mind is Probably like related to language, even though I've been here 20 plus years, English shouldn't be an issue. But when it comes to storytelling, whether it's a stupid little joke, excuse my little language, but or just like a deep story that I really want to tell it colorfully, I, I always ponder later on, oh my God, I should have told it this way. Why did? And it's just not uh, as, I don't know, it's not easy for me, is my point. Perhaps mm-hmm. for a more natural, like kind of a uh, more. Uh, English speaker that it could be easier. I don't know if it's just a language, whatever it is, maybe it's just like not necessarily language a problem, but it's not easy for me. And I think I'm training. I'm like finding ways to storytell things more compelling and like finding the, uh, uh, there's art to it. Absolutely. Uh, but still not natural. <laughs> for sure. Some people yeah. are amazingly natural. They don't need any training. So. <laughs> You know, like I'm, pr- I'm finding ways to practice, like going on podcasts and yes. you know all these other things. That's Challenge great. Myself, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you find storytelling in your native language to be easier? Good question. A little bit better. Yes, I wouldn't say better. that I'm, I'm, I'm like nailing it in Turkish, but uh, yeah. definitely, it feels like the words will come up a bit more easier, and I'll pick um, my vocabulary is probably a little bit more. Um, like depth and I can pick like the right word that could be more enticing in that mm. context. So yeah, those little makes nuances. sense. Yeah. As you were saying that I was obviously listening and I was also thinking about my relationship with that and I don't speak any other languages. I'm, I'm, I'm pondering over here how I feel about my storytelling ability. Cause I train people in this. Yes. And at the same time, I wonder how good I am sometimes. I'm like, hmm. I think not sure. the little that I know about you from the first meeting, um, yeah, I feel like it's a fairly, you know, audience grabbing, at least oh, from, I don't know you. if it's eye contact or like you kind of yeah. get people to really, because um, it's all about oh. that, right? Let them to really yeah. think about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I do have a lot of training in it. I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself and I do have a lot of training in it, but there's always room for more. I was actually talking to somebody, I was talking to a client about this day, marketing and telling stories in your marketing, because that's what people remember. And we were kind of walking through the hero's journey, if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Most people know what the hero's journey is and and how does that relate? Her, her question was, Hey, you know, I really want to tell this story of our company because it's a family run company. I said, what's the hero's journey of your company? And then we had a really fun 45 minute coaching call about the hero's story of her, of her, um, she runs a 
Uh, she runs a therapy practice. And it was really fun to hear, which is not that common to small family owned in this day and age. A lot of them are owned by conglomerates now. It's really fun. So, And my guess also is if, you, if I was to ask you to tell us a story, I'd be like, wow, that was really good. My guess is this is partially your own internal critic, but we're not going to go. We're not going to go straight down that route today. <laughs> I'll, I'll so vicariously tell you stories. <laughs> yeah, this will be the second time on. We'll we'll really test this. So, Eris, give you five minutes. And you get to broadcast out to the entire world. So you can pretend that the whole world's listening to this podcast. I can. I know my numbers. That's not true. <laughs> I would be very wealthy if that was true. It's not true, but fair number of people listen. So. Five minutes, you get to give a speech to as many people as you want to hear it. What would you talk about? And at the end of your speech, what would you want us as the audience to do? Yeah. Um, I think I would talk about, and that's something that I genuinely got interested about what I'm doing right now at, at my company too, is things that we worry about in life it's all about the perspective of what we should be looking at compared to some of the other people's uh, difficulties or, or challenges that they're facing. And I think if I were to have a chance to talk to the entire world, I'll just say that not to diminish some people's worries and kind of compare them with others, but more about think your own worries or challenges and things that will stress you out or make you overwhelmed and try to look at it from a larger perspective. And at the end, I think the best call to action is try to do things that are going to make you sleep better at night. And I think Mm. at the end of it, whether it's we kind of finagle our ways and do like things that, you know, get us way through uh, some of the challenges or kind of cut corners and, shortcuts i think that the answer is that will make you feel generally as a conscience uh, that will make you feel good or at least um sleep better at night and do those i know sometimes that's a longer route but i learned that to be honest and that i would not give away for anything like i would just because mm. that's and to me that's peace of mind i'm not trying to talk about the company that i started to but that's i gotta you're welcome I, to yeah it's <laughs> It's important to be honest, uh, and because when we have our own, not just mental but physical as well, uh, wellness. I think to me, a well, that's one of the wealth. And wealth, it's always conceived as a dollar amount here, not just here in the U.S. but our entire world. But there are different components of wealth, and I think one of them is financial. Got it. But your physical and mental health are part of your wealth as well. And um, I think that's a key step. Not everything is about dollar amount. Things that will stress you out should be considered. And then you're eating away from your own happiness or kind of, uh, you know, sanity, if you will. And those are the things that we we should all consider. I think, yeah, as a call to action, I would ask them to um, think about other things that will make them wealthy. Mm. whether it will make them more self-aware so they can ponder about meaning of life a little bit more uh, because there are stages, right? You don't just wake up one day. Oh my God, what's the meaning of my life? If you're going through struggles of every single thing is like, there's no stop. 
you're in this kind of a hamster wheel, most likely you're not going to think about those. When you have a moment to pause and kind of reflect on things in life, that's where you start to design or redesign your life in a way that you want it to be more meaningful to you. And and I think, yeah, people, if they can realize that, I think that'll be a huge, um, huge winning. So that'll be my kind of message. Yeah. I really hear that. I love that. The, what I hear in that is the more mindfulness, which would make a lot of sense based on what I know that you're, what you do and what the company does. And, you know, we'll talk more about this, but it makes a lot of sense as being mindful. And it's also interesting just thinking about that. And, you know, I, I live in New York city, so, and I have friends who work in finance. That doesn't seem to be much of a thing like the mindfulness and I, I think it's becoming more of it. But my guess is when you were on wall street, there was not a whole lot of like conscious thought behind you're like <laughs> very reactive. You're like, what's, what's going on today? Here's the numbers. How do I make the next buck? And uh, we're actually going to talk more about what, well, if you'd like to share, we're going to talk more about this after the commercial break, which we're going to go to right now. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Eris, we're back. Yay. Now you get the nice, broad, curiosity-based, open-ended question, which is sounds like it's right in your wheelhouse, too. I love these kind of questions. So what else do you want me and everybody listening to know about you? You know, uh, more than about just myself, and I would describe myself a little bit more as a, a, a curious person and also a passionate person about understanding the effects of mind and body and, and how they interact together. And also, how do you actually, in a workplace context, and because we spend a third of our lives, let's say eight hours, and there are different times uh, that you, know, you can do more, obviously. But I want to pause life. you for a minute. I want to pause you for a minute. You just said eight hours. Yes. Who do you know who only works eight hours a day? Maybe you now. But... <laughs> no, not a lot of people. And that's yeah. that true. Unfortunately. That, that, that is true. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's, I, I'm, I have nothing to say because it's absolutely right. Um, yeah. But actually. Someday, maybe. We, maybe yeah. one day. Maybe in Europe, maybe it's the different countries. Yeah, there you go. But I think it's interesting, uh, Jason, that you know when we dig really deep with my co-founder Antonella about this idea that in workplaces, why are people burnout? And I think you know if you look at the specific science behind it, you hear about unmanageable workloads, the the bad relationship between the manager and and the, and the employee, and all these stem from and not like the system is gonna it's not sustainable for people to be kind of in that in a meaningful or a kind of uh, healthy, healthy way. Right. So we're kind of grinding and getting more out of people. And, and there's difference between like 
grit and try to like get things done, the attitudes, and and kind of pushing people to their limit and in this in the sense of productivity, you know, oh, Jason can take more. Okay, I'm gonna ask him more so he can do 18 hours instead of um, eight or ten. So and we will eventually burn out unless we actually create systems in place. I got really curious about that piece that Mm. Current system that we're in, especially in the U.S., is not sustainable. We will burn out at one point. And there's an amazing Gallup survey about 2,000 uh, employees. 78% of them said that they've experienced burnout. And at some stage, either once or twice or kind of more common. And just to hear that, it's just crazy because burnout is, doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, you know, tonight I'm going to get burnout. So it, it's a gradual thing. So yeah. that means that people have been going through stress and not just minor uh, stresses, right? So they've been feeling that overwhelm for a long period of time that it manifested into this kind of phenomenon. Now, and then they'll just, you know, give up or just their life kind of completely uh, collapses for that period of time after the burnout. Now, what do we do in this society that we can actually do, again, coming back to my small dance philosophy, what do I do or what, what do we do as a company? that could make those small dents that will improve the culture a tad bit more or create more, a little bit more systemic uh, uh, changes that will make the employees realize, hey, guys, we got to protect our free time, our sleep, our movement. We got to move our body. Like these are things perhaps intuitively, you know, like, okay, yes, I should move the body. I should eat yeah. healthy, but we don't because the context is not really created. And, and a lot of times we're left alone, meaning, all right, Jason, RS, go to, go to this app, do meditation, do yoga. It'll be really good for you. You'll, you won't have burnout. It doesn't work that way because if mm-hmm. you're in that burnout state, let's be honest. And, you know, just, to, just because you did a meditation for 10 minutes, you're not going to feel better. It's more of a gradual thing. If you've been doing meditating and then you have other things, you know, approach this more holistically, then you have a uh, kind of systems in place essentially that will actually yield uh a a life that will avoid like these major stressors and uh and also burnout so that's what we got really curious about and i feel like it's a very very difficult behavior change whether it's the individual employees or the employers or the team leaders to kind of embark on these kind of changes but at least we're trying to make it as practical as possible for people to See, like, look at each other. Hey, I'm not the only person burned out. Let's yeah. collaborate on this and then see collectively if we can get out of it. I think that's a key step as opposed to individual. So I think that's what we're we're going after that peace of mind, anyways. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about this before we wrap today because I do want to I, I want to talk about what you all do there. And I'm very excited for this next part of the show as a fellow curiosity person. Right. And when we, we've spent a little bit of time together, but not that much, you don't know a lot about me. I'm, I'm so curious what you want to ask me that I can answer for you and for everybody listening. So what, what's the question you have for me? And I'm, I'm buckling up. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a doozy, no pressure, but Um, no pressure. I'm really curious again, actually not knowing somebody like, remember we talked about this. It's actually, I'm I'm curious and my mind is already going. Um, I'm really curious about your relationship with your kid mm-hmm. in a way that things that will make that kid uh, 
like the bond between you and uh, is, was it a he or I forgot? It was it a. Uh, we have two. We actually two. have a oh. we have a we have a six year old daughter and a almost two year old son. Yeah, two year old son. I remember. Okay, so two kids. So let's talk about both of them. Your relation with them. How do you? How do you? What do you do that will make that relationship stronger? And you feel that there's that father daughter father son kind of connection Oof. with. Them? Oof. I know it's tough. That is a good, that's a doozy. That's a good one. (laughs) So I, I heard you ask it as what am I going to do going forward or what are we doing now? What you've been doing, I guess that we'll do that holistically. Yeah. With, well, it's interesting. I know you're a father of young, young child as well. So you'll go through this and you're two, right? Two and a half. Yep. Two and a half. Yes. You're two and a half. So, um, with the six year old, she's pretty good at expressing her needs and and I'm pretty clear on what she likes doing now. Mm-hmm. So I really try to, with her, when we get dad, we call it daddy time, which is at this age is very sweet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not always going to be this way. So you enjoy it now. <laughs> um, people listening that have teenage daughters are like, mm-hmm. what I try to do is a combination of things that I know we like doing together while also introducing her to new things. And figuring out what it is that really gets her excited. And we're still in the phase of her life where just kind of doing stuff together still really excites her. I'm excited for you and your your partner to experience this too because it, it's just this age. So that's the thing is like being intentional about, hey, like, do you want to go and we're, we're, I'll just tell you straight up, we're watching um, the Prehistoric Planet show on Apple TV, Apple Plus, which is... Yes phenomenal she loves dinosaurs so i'm like hey like let's watch this new show together and it's it's unbelievable and so introducing to new things like that and also when i sense that she's bored not trying to force it on her because that just sucks as a kid i mean i don't remember having a lot of stuff forced me but i know parents that force stuff on their kid and they get sure. bored and my daughter is obviously a um, she's my wife and I together and my wife and I both get bored very easily. <laughs> I'm like, it's highly likely our two kids are going to be like that. So with a daughter, that's what we do with a son. I've the specific thing I've been doing with him is introducing him to my music. Mm, um, I like that. I play guitar and I'm, I'm a big music person. So I have, I like a very eccentric types of music and listening to music with him. And he loves to dance. I've found out, which is funny because I don't love to dance. I mean, I, I, I can be persuaded, but just with him, it's like introducing him to like music and yeah. Introducing him. I'm a big movement person as well. Introducing him to being outside a lot. I like being outside. So like just introducing him to those things and it's, it's interesting. And you've seen this as a father of a, you know, two and a half year old is you can kind of start to tell what resonates. So now our son does not want to be inside. He wants to be outside all the time. Oh my God. He wants to listen to music yes. all the time. And I think that's not just because he, I mean, there is definitely an element of like, oh, daddy likes it. But there's also an element of like, oh, he just actually likes these things. Yeah. And it's starting to resonate. So that's what I do as I, you know, with the older one, just to summarize, a combination of, hey, I know you like doing this and I'm going to introduce you to new things. And with a little guy, just like, here's some cool stuff we can do together. And so far, it's been great. I love it. I love it. And what a cool question. That, yeah, I mean, I wanted to, get outside of the kind of the coaching and like things that you do. My mind yeah. went there directly. I'm like, I'm actually curious about his, the way, how, how, how 
what, what not only what kind of father you are, but then also specifically what uh, you're doing. So that, thanks for great question, uh, Aris. Open, Thank you. But also, it's free. It's uh, free <laughs> learnings from you as a father who does not have a six year old yet. There you go. You know what? We'll, we'll have was. to have you back on here in ten years, and we'll be like, <laughs> "You're like, what are you doing?" I'm like, I try to avoid them at all costs. <laughs> like, exactly. like they're annoyed by me. I'm annoyed by them. We give hugs, and we. That's it. Um, I'm being facetious. I hope it doesn't come to that. But no, no. yeah, I guess that's that's one of the things for anybody who is a parent listening. You just actually don't know as they start to grow and they start to become their own, like opinionated human. Like you don't know they might. Exactly. Quite frankly, be complete assholes and they might be so good. And like, and that, and you know, going back to what you said about the meaning of life is like doing our, my wife and I doing our best with just doing the best we can with what we know how to do. And with, I always, you know, I don't know your experience with parenting, but I find it interesting because you can't really read a book about it. I mean, you can read no. books when they're babies about how to keep them alive, but like they become like, you know, two and a half. Your little dude has all sorts of opinions now is my guess and all sorts of things he likes or doesn't like. And it's like, nobody told us how to do this and we just figure it out. Yeah. I think the so playbook doesn't necessarily work. The playbook. Uh, playbook yeah. W- and it, well, <laughs> yeah. Even though there's been a hundred billion of these things that have happened over human history. Yeah. Still couldn't game the system. Great question. I love that. Thanks, Aris. All right. Um, I'm scared to, I'm scared to stay in the hot seat. So I'm going to take the microphone back, the hosting <laughs> microphone, or I feel like you might, you might really get me here. Um, I'll have to come on your podcast sometime if you ever, I don't know if you have one actually, but yeah, we may, we were thinking about maybe we will. Yeah. Good. I like to come on and you can, you can grill me. So what, what are you passionate about? I'm really passionate about health and well being, And I believe that's, um, cause that's a kind of fundamental thing. If both mentally and physically we are well, we're better decision makers. We're better parents. We're better uh, people in general. We're more mindful. We're more empathetic. We and and if you're not, a lot of the challenges that we face and why people sometimes get, get angry quickly or just kind of like had an outburst of emotions that that doesn't mean that's bad, but you know, negatively impacting the other person across. And if you kind of uh, in a kind of balanced place in life. Mind, yes, mindfulness is a big part of it, but also physically taking care of the body, eating the right food and sleeping. And these are so fundamental that I realize, again, as a person, a 22-year-old living the crazy life in New York, and I, you're from New York, so I actually mm-hmm. was this crazy uh, guy that would go out on a Sunday night. Um, and coming from that to a life that is just, again, being mindful and also a little bit more self-aware. I wouldn't call myself, you know, super kind of aware about everything around me, but I just at least trying to be having that growth mindset is, is important. But yeah, I think I'm passionate about how to actually implement that, not only in me, but instilling on other people. Again, the biggest value that we can give to other people is whatever skill sets that we gained over the life, for whatever reason that we learned that skill set, how do we actually effectively share it or, and, and allow other person to kind of experience that? Not to impose on them, not to kind of force it, but can they be influenced and, and inspired some of the things that you're doing? And that's what I think I'm very passionate about. Whether it's like helping kids, 
kind of talk about these again i don't need to preach it's more about like conversation or the observation that they're having what i what kind of um how i perceive life but also like what are things that i'm doing in my life and and that's i think super super interesting and i'm really passionate about that and it doesn't have to be a monetary gain out of this yes we're trying to do things on the, the startup and try to see if we can make an impact on, on the workforce but as an individual that gets me really passionate your investors are listening going no no there needs to be a financial gain here <laughs> Let's be very clear. Love what you're doing. Yes and. Yes and. <laughs> which is the cool part about which is the cool part about startups that they can really be yes ands. Absolutely exactly. can be yes ands. Make a good living, make an impact. Super cool. What's the thing you're most proud of? My son. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just the most meaningful thing. Uh, again, I'm very happy with my wife too, from the perspective of what we what we built together. But to be able to have a human being that is half your DNA uh, is a crazy concept. Again, I'm fairly new yeah. compared to you, but uh, it's just something makes me proud. Every little thing, yeah. it doesn't have to be just good. Uh, it's just things that he does, very fascinating, that makes me proud. So. Nice. Um, let's say that he was listening to this <laughs> 20 years from now. Which, if he was, that would be really impressive. Your podcast is going, man. <laughs> well, or even this, and he's like, "Hey," and you're like, "Hey, I was on a podcast." What would you? What do you want him to know twenty years from now that you could tell him right now? We're putting this out into the interwebs for, for well, for all I was going to say for all eternity, or until I pull it down off the podcast platform, which I hope never happens. But God, who knows if podcasts are going to be a thing twenty years from now? So, like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, what do you want him to know? I want him to know that he shouldn't be scared about meeting people. Again, I come back to that mm-hmm. because so many things happened to me serendipitously because I met sort of very interesting people that helped me to uh, to get to where I'm right now. Not because it's any status or anything. It just like makes me uh, continue my life. So we all need each other is my point. And I think he sh- yeah. I hope he understands that or as, as he grows up and kind of um, realize the importance of that. I think one of the key steps is to be able to, uh, my, in grad school, my teacher had this crazy um, comment. He said that, uh, get out of your, not, not get out of your comfort zone. I think find things that will get you out of comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And and again, that sounds counterintuitive like because naturally we want to be in the comfort zone. So he's literally said comfort zone is your enemy. I think the earlier you start on that uh, is better. I think I would love him to see or understand and realize that uh, the cool stuff in life is actually a little bit outside of the comfort zone and uh, at least peeking around and just kind of pushing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, just to offer one thing here, there's a coaching tool and one of the taglines of that tool, it's not a tagline, but it's one thing is like um, the unknown is where possibility lies. Cause otherwise like what we know is what's possible for us. Like, Oh, I'm working in finance or working in sales. Like I know it's possible to sell some of these products and make some good money and what's unknown is possible, but it is scary. You know, like we're talking, you know, I'm an on, sir, myself an entrepreneur. You're definitely an entrepreneur. It's, 
I've never heard an entrepreneur be like, Hey, it was never scary. It was always just really easy. And I was, you know, from day one of starting this company and not having a paycheck, it was really in my comfort zone. Like by definition, it just becomes a, yeah, becomes a thing. And being okay with that as difficult, as unnatural as it feels like is, yeah. is I think the recipe man, right there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Eris, um, as we start to hit head towards the virtual exit, I want to ask mm-hmm. you next, if you are present to something that, that you are, or what's something that you were afraid that might be true about you? Mm. Um, I'm very impatient. And so I say that and people say that outside, but I feel like I always defend like, no, I want to get things done. It's like, uh, you know, I want it to happen even yesterday. Right. But what I'm afraid is it's, it's actually, um, it's actually stemming from some of my own, I guess, I don't know if it's insecurity or like, having something right away as opposed to have that pause to let things kind of simmer. I don't want to go through those emotions. I wanted like an answer quickly. I think yeah. that's what it is. And that's like the, because mm. sometimes like the, the good things happen actually in that wait time, whatever you're waiting for. But I, I need to train myself. It's almost another skill that I will need to learn. Okay. Pause, man. Come on. Relax. Yeah. It's out of your hand right now. Just wait. So I have to kind of, say this button it doesn't come natural to me because i want an answer right yeah. there. i want that thing immediately um so yeah, yeah it's a strange uh skill i don't know if you'll i'll ever learn but it is uh, true <laughs> yeah no i'm I'm smiling people can't see us smiling <laughs> i'm smiling because one that that's exactly how i operate too i'm very impatient and the second part of this question is hilarious because I think we already know from knowing you is like, what do you do to compensate for it? You're like, well, I run a (laughs) mindfulness and well-being company. (laughs) That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, it's so good. Get outside of it. (laughs) Yeah, like um, I've shared this a few times. This question is always funny. And if if you've ever seen Batman Begins, the first Christopher Nolan Batman film, and I guess this is from the comic books, but it's like the reason he's actually Batman is because he fell down a well. And the thing he was most scared of was like, there was like hundreds of bats and it was the thing that scared him the most. So he like became the thing you're like, I'm really impatient. So now I teach people about mindfulness and ease and peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pro- I mean, I, I told you that it's actually, it is stemming from my personal challenges of health. I yeah. mentioned about yeah. which had manifested into the <clears throat> mental side. And yes, we're going after the workplace right now, but that doesn't mean the product can only be in the workplace. Individuals can use this too. But essentially, what we thought, and I really thought too, the impatience, yes, that's part, but sometimes doing things together with other people is not only more fun, but also keeps you accountable, gets you a different perspective. And I think when it comes to wellness and overall well-being, it's it's a lot more uh, interesting, especially if you're embarking on a, like a bigger behavior change or like habit forming changes. Having an accountability partner, doing things in small groups, and having a coach like facilitating uh, conversations and and prompts, and these are all we're seeing the benefits on it. Whether it's an engagement or overall behavior changes or 
people's overall resilience. We can measure those in our program too. But essentially, that's, I think, what, what's different about what we're doing too. Very much human-centered, whether it's mm-hmm. the small groups or, um, or the coach. But in a nutshell, I guess that we didn't really talk to the, um, the, what we do, and listeners may be curious about this too. So yeah. think about peace of mind as a, as a tool in a toolkit for managers or business leaders where they can actually offer this six-week resilience coaching program for their employees to be able to make them more resilient and reduce their burnout. And we have specific ways of assessing and measuring what that is, how much of an impact we can do, increasing resilience and reducing burnout. But also we can actually change their overall uh, feeling and also how they how they perceive uh, the burnout. So this was actually the program is very much designed towards gaining specific practical resilience building skills that they can implement in their lives. And we kind of handhold them as well as we put them in a small group that allows them to actually do this with their colleagues. And it's a lot more fun and interesting. Also creates that experiential learning that you wouldn't have on a single guided app with by yourself watching a video. So, right. Yeah. And you know, when we, when we first met a few weeks ago, your co-founder is a doctor. This is all science. This is all very scientifically um, valid and, the thing that I really liked when we talked about the business and we, we didn't connect just about the business, but we, I was just asking you, you know, kind of what you all do there. What an easy ROI, especially in a, you know, in a, in a tough job market to find good people. A lot of times people leave jobs because they're burnt out. And like you said, sometimes because of the manager, sometimes because of the role and, you know, being somebody who worked in sales, uh, sales at the end of the quarter, that's burnout central. Especially when I worked in like big enterprise deals where people always buy the last week of the quarter and, you know, you work over Christmas and all these things like it's just out there and, and having, I don't think I ever had any, was given any tools to deal with any of that other than you just kind of got to do it. And to me, the number one way to burn yourself out is is to just kind of do it. Exactly. There's no mindfulness there, right? It's like all like pure heads down focus, which is great. And then you collapse because you're absolutely right it's more of a it's not about grit anymore it's about the energy that you have you're depleting and you're not replacing or replenishing that energy so if anything your decision making is going to suffer if you're not protecting the sleep there's all the sciences you mentioned about dr antonella she has a naturopathic background very much looks at this holistically and i love that because we are not, we're definitely using the science to be able to bring these forward in a meaningful way, the way that she designed it. But none of them are like revolutionary in the sense that we know these mindfulness works, meditation, all these stuff are actually working. But the way we bring it together, again, bring the human element is a key step. But yeah. not doing anything, inaction is the biggest thing against burnout because the way, again, the system set up is not sustainable. Yeah. Well, that, well, as we start to wrap up here today, how can people connect with you, connect with the company, find you, you know, find it in all these that are going to go in the show notes as well. So like, wh- what's a good way for people to learn more about you, what you're up to, maybe see some, I don't know, some cute pictures of your kid, uh, <laughs> find out about peace of mind, however yeah, you'd I like think to connect. We're very uh, active on LinkedIn. I highly recommend uh, for them to check out peace of mind, our LinkedIn page. 
And also we have, for people that are curious about the program itself, it's a six-week program. We've been focusing on offering the these teams, a minimum of eight to 10 people. But individuals, if people want to themselves go through a resilience training program, we ha- we're opening them up on September. And nice. uh, right after Labor Day, we'll get specific on the dates. But on our website, peaceofmind.us will be the website for people to go. But they, I'd love them to kind of sign up. And it's actually going to be really interesting. Think about uh, going through a six-week program. Only commitment is probably hour, hour and a half, totally a week. Mm. And you'll gain so many th- specific skills and then you'll be able to experience that with other like-minded people that are trying to better their lives, and but also do things that actually kind of uh, create some of those habits that we talked about. So definitely uh, LinkedIn page is great. We're active on Instagram too, but I highly recommend LinkedIn as well as, um, yeah, as well as checking our websites to, to get more details about the program. Awesome, Iris. And about I'm myself, so glad we made this uh, happen. You'll, they'll yeah. probably see me... Um, a little bit more. Uh, again, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get more. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the place. Yes. So good to have you on, my friend. I'm so glad we made this happen. Uh, so glad we got a chance to connect. And the tradition on the show for all my listeners, they always know I always ask for my guest to leave us with some sweet sh- and short words to wisdom. And I will say most of my guests pay attention to the short not all. And then I just have to, I just have to do a little cutting of, you know, take it to the cutting floor. It's in the recording and then I cut it for that. But, but yeah, what do you have for us? Um, something that the listeners can walk away with. Little post-it note. Little post-it note. Yeah, exactly. For those, for those young listeners, that's a piece of paper with a little bit of kind of stickiness, but not like funny thing about post-it notes. I just have to say being from Minnesota, that's a 3M, which is a Minnesota-based company. <laughs> the product. <laughs> the post-it notes were a mistake. So this is like my random trivia piece for anybody listening. Wow. The glue that's on the back of post-it notes was a mistake. And I think the person who invented it was like, you know, like a lot of these best inventions in the world, are they're just mistakes. And he's like, wow, this stays sticky, but doesn't get too sticky and doesn't leave a residue on the thing they leave it on. And now you got a multi-billion dollar business. Ubiquitous, will, amazing. It'll ever continue. Exactly. Amazing stop. and and trademarked. Trademark. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So what will go on that post-it note? I guess to summarize what we talked about today, um, leave the world a tad bit better than you began. Perfect that'll be Harris. my. That'll be my little message. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Best of luck to you, the rest of the Peace of Mind team. I know you're doing great things in the world. Best of luck to you, or not even the best of luck, just best good vibes, good energy. Uh, I am not a soccer fan. I'm an NFL fan, so Liverpool sounds great because I don't really care. I don't have a team. If you were a, um, a 49ers fan, I would say you beat us in the playoffs two years ago, So, I'm, but I still like you anyway because I was a big Joe Montana fan growing up. And yeah, we'll have to have you, have you come back on again sometime soon and catch us up on everything that's up new with you. Thank you, man. Big NFL fan. Thanks so too. much. I love I love sports in general, but just to wanted to thank you. Really, I really enjoyed this conversation. Excellent. I didn't know how the hour passed actually, to be honest. And there I you really, go. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, man. Great. Thanks, Thanks to Have this conversation. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and give us a shout out. Or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, 
email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.